Hey guys, it's Andrea. Welcome back to Trekkie and Beyond. This season is all about season four of Star Trek Discovery. Are you ready to discover Discovery with us again? If so, let's fly. Hello and welcome to Trekkie and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Anika. And I'm Andrea. And welcome to episode 11, I don't have enough fingers for that, of season four, Rosetta. This episode is all about Captain Burnham and she, as she leads an away mission to a planet that was once home to the aliens responsible for the DMA. And now Book and Tarka are secretly trying to get on the USS Discovery. I have so much to say about this episode. I don't know if it's good or not. But Monica, let's start. What is your initial reaction? It's a meh. Because I, it, I should, in theory like this episode because mm-hmm. it has like my formula for success but mm-hmm. it failed <laughs> because everyone knows that I like away missions mm-hmm. I like suspense and drama and futuristic mm-hmm. tech but it misses on all three of those points <laughs> so I'm left with the empty void and I guess I have to wait until next season and the season uh, no, sorry next episode and the season finale for closure of this um what did you think i just want to say that i'm very excited that again monica and i are on the same page i did not like this episode (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm so happy people i i this episode was full of so much self-importance arrogance stupidity and like WTF moments. And I just don't understand how the writers can write M- Michael to be such a caring but self-important person. And there are a couple scenes in this episode, or there's one major scene in this episode that I just didn't like that... We'll we'll talk about it, but there is a scene in this episode where Michael was talking to the representative from Earth, and it was just like, again, Michael, stop acting like you are on the same level as them when it comes to what you're caring about. This is not the same for you. It is not. And I feel like the writers keep trying to make her empathize, and it doesn't come off as empathy. It comes off as self-importance, or I care just as much, and... I'm just, they're missing the mark when it comes to it. And I just don't get why they're missing the mark with her. So let's go ahead and get into a deeper dive of this episode because I'm so very happy that we're on the same page. And there's many scenes that I like here. <laughs> oh, you know, there are a lot of other scenes, but that one, even when, when like, I rewatched this episode today, um, it was, it stood out to me like how much I did not like that line. And I think I said in the last episode, you literally have no one alive on any of those planets. These people have physical families, friends on these planets alive. You like, it's not the same. Stop equating it to the being like, I care just as much. And I don't get how they don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. But. There's a lot that happens in this episode, and at the same time, nothing happens in this episode. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, can we meet 10C already? (laughs) Like, it's just, it's so much talking in this episode, and at the same time, 
you on like the first time I watched it. I, st- I didn't like the first episode, the first the first watch through. But I was like, wow, so much happened. And then I watched it again, and I was like, wow, nothing happened in this episode, actually. Like, you learned one thing, but even still, all of that could have happened off screen. Like, none, nothing that we learned in this episode needed to really be a full episode's worth of information. Because we have Michael, again, leaving the ship, Saru, Dr. Uh, Hugh, and... um. Uh-huh. Detmer, I always want, I always forget her name. I don't know why. I'm so sorry. The actress is amazing, but I always forget her name. Um, we have them going down onto the planet because they're trying to find some type of clues in the way to they can talk to the people of Tennessee. And um, we have the delegates like, look, we left some people behind to get here so quickly. I feel like we should just immediately go there. And again, um, Michael's like, I know best. Uh, we have Book and Tarker trying to act like little parasites and hook onto the bottom of Discovery so they can ride Discovery into the anomaly so they can see the DMA and they can talk to the people. And Tarker, Book, you're so smart. Stop listening to Tarker's plan. Like, he, he does not care. All he cares about is what he wants. And he will, how do how do you, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. where's the security system on Discovery? I... Um, we have the president of the Federation, like, tearing a new one to one of the other delegates. Like, you were rude how you were talking about him. He's literally saying the truth. We have a limited amount of time. Don't screw it up. What, like, there is just so much. And then the bullcrap that happens on the planet of them touching the dust and experiencing this, these people's last moments and then finding the baby dust. Oh, I feel calm. What is wrong with you people? How is this? Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, bet. Okay, we're learning some about this. We're learning. The second time I watched it, wait, what was this? This is stupid. Like, this entire episode, this was a filler episode to make it to 13 episodes. Because this did not need to, this could have been 10 minutes. 10 minutes. A recap. Off-screen action. Didn't need to see it. I agree, and it seems as though now Discovery is carrying Bookship again, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is the help to lay that foundation of how Book gets to the next destination or what, but, um, <laughs> like, I know there's a, um, a way in which you can analyze this in writing with storylines in which it's, like, helping to move a plot point along, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is the case here, like, Discovery is now the tool to move bookship along with the story. <laughs> so let's talk about that in the deeper dive first. The whole book attaching his ship to Discovery. One, how did he do that and no one found out? Two, why is Zora... I know she knows they're on that ship. And this is also, again, why her AI is stupid. Because any other computer system would have been like, oh, there's intruders, there's intruders on the ship. We need to let you know this. How is Zora not telling them that these people are on the ship? How are they hiding from her? How are they hiding from the security? How does that make anything secure on Discovery? Especially because there's so many diplomats on the vessel right now Uh that it's very important. They don't have a, a, a true captain. Yes, Nielsen's at the helm. 
but you don't have Saru right now. You don't have Michael. They need a non. They need non. They need a security chief there. Um, they're also in a completely unknown space to them. They need someone on the bridge to run security. What if they were attacked? What if there's lots of what ifs? <laughs> but um, no one was reading the censors, I guess. And and Zora um, was sleeping on a job, not really analyzing what was happening to find out that like they're crawling through the Jeffries tube for a long time. They beamed on. They're like, book looks like he was right around the corner from Michael's um, like right on the inside of Michael's quarters. Like, this is such a breach. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, once again, I'm very disappointed because there are so many diplomats on board. It just was so far-fetched. And it's just like, I get that this is um, fiction. I get that this is space. I get this is the future. But like, make it make sense, please. Because also, we have books saying, look, we need to loop in someone else on this ship. First of all, no, no, no. Why are you going to after the general of Earth? Why are you talking to her? Why did she not put you in the brig? I do not. Smart people making dumb decisions. Because, book, you are the reason why her people are in danger in a, in a much faster rate right. than they would have been in the past. Because your stupid self selfishness allowed a greater, more advanced DMA to come and attack their, and maybe attack is the wrong word, but it is technically attacking them of Earth and Navarre. We have um, books like looping her in the plans like, well, we're we're just trying to um, we're going to blow up the if, the, no, if it doesn't work out, if you guys can't talk them down, we'll be there to blow them up again. This is their mining equipment book. This is not even their weaponry. This is what they do to mine. And you think your little bomb is going to have any type of effect on them? You think you guys can do anything to these people? You're still listening to Tarka's stupidity because you are grossly outmatched and you don't even know what you're going up against. And still you're letting Tarka's, Tarka warp the truth, his belief around, and now the general who's scared because she doesn't want to lose Earth is falling into this whole stupid trap? I just, that entire storyline didn't make sense to me. Also, Book's comms should not have worked on the ship once he was on the run. Like, mm -hmm. once he became a wanted criminal <laughs> in Confederation. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been able to use any type of comms on Discovery to reach out to the general. And then also, she's, uh, she's working with, she volunteered to work with a known wanted individual. She has to know how, how that can undermine her reputation and Earth joining the Federation. Not even Earth joining, not even just Earth joining the Federation, but he committed treason. Yeah, you're working with someone who committed treason. Not like your reputation is like worry about not going to jail, honey. Right. Like yeah. you 
are literally aiding and abetting someone who's committing treason because he may have a plan that could blow up again all in your face because the last plan that he had blew up in your face why would you trust him with another like how are you not thinking this through general yeah i'm completely with you yes she should she should have thought this through but also why in the world is book trusting tarka even more like Completely boggles my mind. It feels like episode after episode after episode, book continues to follow Tarka's plan, and it never works. When is he gonna realize? Like book, please understand this from the bottom of my heart. Tarka does not care what happens to you. He does not care what happens to Earth. He does not care what happens to Navarre. He has literally spun this so that way he can still leave the universe. If his goal is still to get a power source to leave the universe, why do you think he cares if anyone in this universe dies? If his goal is to literally leave the universe? Like, it, once I find out, once I found out that Tarker's goal was to leave the universe, I knew at that moment he did not care who lived or died in this universe anymore. Book, how are you not getting that? And writers, why are you letting him be so stupid? Because common sense should tell you, and first of all, Book, you're not some naive person from Quajon who's never left the planet. You ran goods. You did stuff for the Emerald Train. You should know not to trust these random people. What? I, I'm, I'm just, I think I'm going to be stuck on that for a while because if someone tells me, oh, my only goal is to escape the galaxy or escape the universe, um, that tells me that there's no one here that they care about enough to stay for. Mm-hmm. You don't care if I live or die. You just want to get a power source strong enough to escape so why do i why do i think you have my best interest at heart i'm a tool for you and tarka has shown he almost killed people on discovery he almost killed your friends he still blew up the he still blew up the dma when you said you'll give him a week um to like figure out what's going on um every time you try to make a decision book he has undermined you And yet, somehow, you still think he cares what happens to you. You could, book, you could die. He would not shed a tear. He is an unreliable narrator. That is the term I was trying to think of from last last episode. He is an unreliable narrator. He will say what he wants to make himself look good, but you only know his side of the story. That is a term, people, if you were listening to the last episode, when Tarka was spilling that bull about his uh, old roommate or whatever, his scientist, that was his brother that he needs to get to, he's an unreliable narrator because we don't know the other the other side of the story. But I guess, I guess I could beat that dead horse forever and book still, the writers still have book standing there like, you betrayed me? Why? <laughs> Why? Tarker, why? <laughs> he could lo- Tarker could lock Book out of the ship, um, and 
I, I don't, once again, I agree with you. I don't understand why their relationship persists. Um, but Book could have left at any time. It's like he's, I know he feels vested into this now, but he could have walked away. He should have. And on the nerve of Tarka and stupidity, what's going on with engineering? Like this, that that whole engineering scene, it was like, look, we need to give them some words. So let's go ahead and make the jet. They they severely underused jet in this episode. She was like there for puns and one liners and emotional emotional support for Indira, really, to talk her th- like. And what is going on? With- so I think they're I think Jet will have a big scene in the next episode <laughs> because we haven't seen a lot of her throughout the season so maybe just all of her lines are saved up for the next episode and the finale especially now that she's um hostage so um Tarka um, well, she found Tarka um, in engineering as he was trying to hide after he changed the replicators. And uh, she said something like, oh, this is like a surprise. Tell me this is a surprise party uh, because he wasn't supposed to be there and he was crunched underneath of a, a desk, a table. So something happened. We didn't see it. Some uh, way in which the tides turned and she became a hostage and a bean back on the book ship. So now book is <laughs> holding up a, a federation hostage. Oh. He is now wrapped up in a kidnapping. Yeah. Kidnapping. He has kidnapped. He is. And thing is, it doesn't matter that he didn't actually kidnap Jet. He was in cahoots with someone who did. That also makes the general culpable as well because she's a part of this whole thing now because she knows that Book um, and Tarka are on the ship and they're sneaking their way in. So what happens next episode when they know Jet is missing? Is the general going to say something? Is she going to speak up? Oh, Book is here. He probably has her. Or is she going to keep her mouth shut in hopes that Book and them can destroy the um the, whatever is causing the DMA? Because again, they think whatever technology they have can match and destroy. Isn't that, that the hubris of like, uh, I want to say Earthlings, but I don't know if Tarka's an Earthling. Uh, <laughs> um, isn't that the hubris of man? Yeah. That I'm going to go against, oh, they have machinery. This is just their mining equipment and it's destroying us, but I think my bomb can affect them. Is that just not the hubris of man to have like no, like there are no, like no, hum, like you're not humble at all to think, okay, well, maybe we should not attack someone who isn't even attacking us with their like G game. This is mining equipment. <laughs> this is nowhere near, like this is, this is, hey, we just need, like this is me using our, our hammer and a, and a a rock and a rock to find more rocks, and I think, and this is and like to like you, your ants to them, okay, Tarka, have be humble just a bit, just a bit. Yes, because I'm wondering. I would love to know how that occurred, how the tides turned, so that so that Tarka 
was able to have the upper hand to get on her ship. Right. Um, Zora, where are you? Yeah. We know that um, we know how resourceful um, oh my goodness, Jet can be. So how in the world did that happen? And I hope he, Tarka's not planning to use her for leverage in some sort of way. He normally has a plan. Um, it's but we don't know what that is. And he didn't even like disclose that to book upon, like after book being done, like book happened to walk down the hall. And, <laughs> and speaking of that, did Jet still have their comm badge? Couldn't she have just like, how did Tarka get Jet as a hostage? Like, did, did he have a weapon? Like, this I'm so confused. Yes. Well, on that confused note, because again, there's so many questions, no, and no answers. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the whole cluster mess that is them being on the planet. Because <laughs> if I have a waste of a time was something, it would be being on that planet. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. And welcome back to Trek and Beyond. Part two of episode 11. Still don't have enough fingers to showcase that. <laughs> so this whole episode, the rest of this episode is going to be about talking about Michael, Saru, Dr. Hugh, and uh, Dittmer on this alien planet, this destroyed, dead alien planet. Because yes, let's have your captain and your first lieutenant off the ship. Great. And your best pilot. Yes. yes. In the unknown galaxy, let's have and your doctor, because according to Discovery, you only got one, <laughs> and he's both for internal and mental. So <laughs> let's put everyone who's important to this ship off the ship for this away mission. I feel like they should have specific people. This is a whole other side of conversation for Star Trek, but like I feel like they should have certain people whose only job it is is for away missions because this whole captain leaving his ship her ship the first mate and then the pilot like it should be people who specific like they should be jack of all trades I'm not saying they're the best at everything but they know a little bit about everything or they know enough about because yeah they're all geniuses to be the away mission because this the the president was right why is everyone leaving the ship i agree with you well i have a problem with the president coming asking this question at the last minute minute like you couldn't have waited any longer <laughs> you could have asked that question like an hour ago before they put on these evo suits and walked dramatically down the aisle together in unison <laughs> so, <laughs> in that dramatic pause so uh I, yeah the president's timing was just awful like it would be hard for michael to switch out Saru for anyone else at that moment <laughs> but then also I've noticed time and time again in Discovery because they only send a few people out on the away missions they can't lose anyone like no one can die at these away missions because they're also a skeleton crew going out so it's not like the whole like red shirt who's gonna like return there's always like a new character that we don't know of we know we've noticed that from like Strange New Worlds 
um, an unknown character. Goes the moment they get named, oh, you're dead. This episode, right? Doesn't happen on Discovery. Because <laughs> then we would be out of main character <laughs> or two or all of them. Because, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like they. I'm a Xeno. I'm the best Xeno anthropologist. You don't have another on the ship. Like, there's literally one. What happens if you randomly die? You're in space. It is very believable that you will randomly die. And there's not another one on this ship? Like, there's only one? There's only one xenoanthropologist on the entire ship that can house... Because apparently these ships are a lot bigger than we anticipate because like when we ever... So, I'm like, you're telling me there's, like, probably hundreds of people on this ship and only you four can go? Make that make right. sense. And how do they know that they really don't have life on that planet when life could be in many different forms in another galaxy? Mm-hmm. And and they haven't ventured there. So the obviously we could tell with the by the big bones that was in a graveyard that in the mass grave that there's this species is big, like they're 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 huge (laughs) so how do they know that their sensors could pick up on life it just seems like they were just shuttling in like oh this is a whole little easy away mission but their defenses should have been up in my in my opinion because this is unknown frontier and so here's something about this episode that also didn't make sense you are outside of the galaxy your suits only filter things only filter known elements out like debris and stuff and bacteria or whatever out of your suits. You don't know anything on this planet. So why would you think, why would you not send your dot first to maybe like right. sweep the uh, sweep the planet, sweep the the um yeah. the surface of yeah. the planet and find out what elements are down there first before you find out so you can find out if your suits can filter out everything on there. Because again, you are outside of the known universe to you. You are outside of the the Milky Way galaxy. You don't know what you're coming up against. So why not send something that can be sacrificed to find out? They could have scanned over everything. What, like what, what? They could have brought back samples. Why did you need to go? At Very all. good point. Very good point. I would think also thinking, how did they know that gravity would exist the way it did? Like there's just but yeah, they have the dots. They could have sent out drones, dots to explore the planet first. And then was like, all right, it's safe for us to be down there. Oh, wait, no, we need to filter these things out. Because it's all plot points, because we know that Saru walks through a patch of dust and now he starts seeing visions. Um, and then Dr. Huber puts his knee down in it and he starts seeing visions and Michael just randomly starts touching crap because that's what you do. No, you're not supposed to do that. That's a law (laughs) on like Starcraft Academy. (laughs) A horror learned that. (laughs) Not supposed to touch anything in a strange new place. (laughs) In a strange new world. (laughs) Um, and they're having their little mental breakdowns because everything has a little mental breakdown and they are quick to find the solution. And they have to filter out another particle. And here's a part that's like interesting to me. 
how does your suit know to filter it out if it doesn't know what it is? And like you can set, how can you set your sensors to filter it? How would your sensors know how to do so? Because this isn't known to your universe. And I just have to say, them finding the little baby cube or whatever, I wanted to roll my eyes at that whole, I feel calm. The babies didn't know anything. I I literally, even I will say this, even the first time I watched the episode, I was like, seriously, are we doing forced emotions again? Because this is stupid. Am I alone in that that thought? Am I, is my I dad agree with you. I, I, I found it hard, very hard to believe. I also not sure that this 10 species, 10 seeds planet. Like, how do you know that? Yeah, <laughs> there's no, there's no map like there's no like identifying flag. There's no like how do you how do you just declare that this I maybe there's some particles that exist in both places, but this is a, there are other planets in this galaxy, so they could have existed elsewhere too. And on that note of how do you know? How do you know they care about life outside of their own young? Most species care about their young and don't give a crap about other people. The Gorn, Gorm, going back to Strange New Worlds, they did not give a flying fl flip, not gonna cuss, flying flea bag about any other species but their own. Their young fought and killed other people. They fed. They let their young hunt live human beings. If you were to study the Gorn and find out, oh, they made these nests and these little ships for their kids, you would think they cared about their young. And they do to the extent they didn't want them to die before they were able to do whatever. Why are you so excited? Oh, they must value life. They value their life. How many people love their kids and can't stand other humans? How many species love the Navarre are a perfect example of that. Those people, half of them think they're above everyone else and they think everyone else is beneath them. We found we found that when they had that little tribunal last season, I think, about the um when Michael was trying to get information about the burn. And the people looked down on her because she was human. But they care about themselves. They care about each other. We see that in the way that Spock was raised. We see that Navarre has never really cared. That they care, but they think they're above other people. Not to say, and I love my Spock. I love, I love yeah. my Vulcans. I do. Right. But just, but it's a stupid example to say just because someone cares about their young, they value life. They value their life mm -hmm. and the lives of their people. They don't value all life. So that's a really dumb correlation to make. And again, it's like smart people making dumb, dumb decisions. Because I'm going to believe they value, they tried to protect their young. Yeah, most parents would die for their kids, but they're not going to die for someone else's child. It doesn't work that way. Like you don't want them to die, but hey, your kid versus my kid. Sorry, I'm going to say what no one else says out loud. I'm going to pick my kid. Why wouldn't they try to, it's a nursery in a hospital. Yes. What 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 like what are you not getting? 
Yeah, speaking of smart people making bad decisions, I don't understand why Michael lowered all her sensors and then touched it. And then everyone else, like then um, Hugh, Detmer, and Saru did that as well. Because then no, then the th then the four of them could not have brought the information back. Like if there was a long term yeah. side effect, if there was a side effect that didn't kick in until like I don't know ten minutes later or something, like that, they have no idea. And then are they going to bring this back to the ship? Like then it, it could spread. How do they know? Like even we've learned that that matter has been able to beam on board in the past and then spread as a disease. So, <laughs> but then we notice that Saru is just hanging out with the president of Navarre. Like, I was like, oh my God, Oh goodness. There's a lot in this episode that doesn't make sense. And I feel like they have learned nothing of value before going to talk to, what, like really, what did they learn this episode? What did they learn that makes them better equipped to go talk to the people of Tennessee. What do you understand now? And then the part about it that really kicked it was that they still sent the dots after they got back. Right. Like, <laughs> And Paul mentioned that they found eight other, I don't know, elements or something like that to, to analyze further. But then you still don't know how they use this. And once again, if it's even them. <laughs> and if any of your calculations or your theories are actually true. It reminds me of the, one of my favorite, one of my favorite movies that has the dumbest line. <sighs> Jurassic Park. When they talk about um, the dinosaurs and how um, he's saying, and even the word raptor means bird of prey. You named it. Other archaeologists named the animal. Yeah. It means what you want it to mean. So that's a, that is a dumb correlation. And every single time I think about it, it's like the only thing that you know about dinosaurs is what you theorize because you weren't there. So calling a raptor a bird of prey, because it reminds you of a bird, even the name means bird of prey. That's a dumb scientific line because you named it. Humans named a raptor. So they, pro so it reminded me of them making all of these correlations and assumptions, but you don't actually have proof. You don't know. You're making, you're assuming because they care for young, they'll care for all young. No one says they will. And you would think that someone so advanced might know that they're destroying a world to, to get what they want. So it made me think of that line. You named it. You can't just say, oh, it's a coincidence. Raptor means bird of prey. You named it. <laughs> of course it means that. You wanted it to mean that. You gave it the definition whatever I just had to think that it made me think of that when I watched it the second time I was like this episode was a waste and then we have the whole line of and the storyline of Indira and like having like a girl crush on Dittmer 
I don't know what was I didn't get that whole point of that storyline. Like you're in awe. Like where did this come from? I, I have not seen any past episode where Indira has given has given two craps about Dittmer. Not to say that she didn't, but like I have not seen anything in the past episodes that would make me think Indira cared about Dittmer or looked up to her. Oh yeah, they're just tossing in a whole lot of other new stuff. I mean, like Tarka's friend um, last episode, and now like that whole storyline they tossed out. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand Adira's relationship with Tarka. I was just thinking though today. I feel like she's the new like Wesley. Um, she's the young, naive person in engineering coming of age. That's what Tilly was until Tilly became Captain Killy. Then it was hard to go back to naivete. But, um, I don't know. I don't think that she always needs someone too. like, she doesn't, that they don't need a replacement for Gray in this storyline. Um, and Detmer surely doesn't need anyone. I don't. I don't know where they're going here. That whole storyline seems so forced. I just didn't understand. Like, it, it made more sense about Andera talking about Tilly than it would be for Andera to talk about Dittmer, because I've never remembered Andera talking about Dittmer at all. Random thing in this episode that does not make sense. Part two. Like, yeah, the only thing I, I could think of is that they were trying to bring up Detmer's PTSD again um, so that there was some context to her feelings, but there's other ways to do that. Perhaps she was talking with Joanne over coffee or wine um, and and they were talking about feeling. I don't, I, I, I don't know. And as we come to again to the end near the end of the episode, we also see that Book is spying on Michael because that's super healthy and smart to be right outside the captain's chambers, wherever the captain is, spying on her because you definitely miss her and is no chance of you of her finding you by accident or Azora and be like, oh yeah, by the way, you know Book is outside your room. Like Make it make sense. <laughs> right. And if she is not mad after this, that he was on the ship, then if he's, if she's not, Michael's not mad with book and they're just, I don't know, reunite lovey-dovey, there's something really wrong with the writers in this. You, you just, you can't. <laughs> and then why is Saru and the president of Navarre taking a stroll in the holodeck? There are bigger issues right now to face there's hmm you got 25 hours before you both your worlds are destroyed but let's take a stroll instead of coming up again with an app because we have not seen them come up with an actual plan <laughs> that's the way i felt on the, on the planet when they were just doing, i was like uh aren't you on like <laughs> mission critical time here <laughs> like, where's the actual plan for I don't know this episode was such a waste for me and I don't know if I have anything else to add because I feel like we just spent 20-30 minutes just destroying this episode and again people we still love 
we still love Discovery. It's just we can tell when the writers are just giving us a filler episode and just throwing random crap at us. Yes. So where do you think it's going? They Will they stay on the other side of this galactic barrier to continue to find species 10C to communicate with them? Well... So here's my issue. Here's my issue. Because, again, I said this at the beginning of this season, and I think I've harped it like almost every episode. They do such a big thing of making a big bad and making something that is just this huge issue and this huge danger. And they wrap it up in like, 20 minutes of an episode and I don't and I hate it because how was it really that big bad if you were able to figure out the issue and, and have a solve in, in 20 minutes and I feel like with this show they are like because you have two more episodes yeah they should have been at 10 seat this episode they should have been like landing at 10c or crossing the barrier at the beginning of this episode and starting like for, for them to drag out and make out make this thing such a big issue, why are you only giving it one and a half episodes of screen time? Because let's be honest, on the 13th episode, they're going to end, however this ends, it's going to, it's not like, we know it's going to end on a high note because it's coming back for season five. We know these people are going to survive. And we know from past, they're going to survive. There's going to be a party. Something's going to happen. And you know they're going to spend half the episode talking about it. So we're really only getting one and a half episodes of 10C. And I'm I'm annoyed because I feel like if you spend 10 episodes creating such a big bad, then I need at least three episodes, three full episodes of you solving the problem. Bring me my, like how my anime has 10 episodes for one fight. That is what I want right now because you better make it worth it. And I don't feel like the, I don't feel like it's going to be worth it. I'm afraid it's not going to be worth it. And I don't want to be right. I really don't. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to stick with my guns and I'm going to, I'm going to say that I still think Orias is with this. But it's more like Wizard of Oz in which he's behind the curtain and there's no like really big tendency as not really a big thing. I don't know because it's like it's really close to the end and I would hate for them to bring in something like that, that character just for that one episode and not <laughs> it's quite possible they did it before, they've done it before but <laughs> But I'm hoping it's going to be like we've seen the bad guy the whole time and he really had good and he was just trying to get even with a sire or something like that. I do not want good intentions. No, I don't want good intentions. I want someone who. I'm just people. I want this to be worth it. 
yes. But in the end, I don't think it's like a Lorca. I don't think it's as good. I'm not feeling that. <laughs> that was a really good season. That was that. a really good twist that I did not see coming. And I want this to be a twist that I don't see coming. So please, everyone, cross your fingers. This is going to be, hopefully this is going to be a good twist. And if it's not, I'm flipping my laptop. I'm not really because this didn't cost me a lot of money, but <laughs> I will do the act of flipping it. Any last thoughts before we sign off? No, we'll see. We'll see how this unfolds. All right, everyone. Well, as always, I'm Andrea. And I'm Manika. And live long, live long and prosper. And prosper. Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Trekkie and Beyond. If you enjoyed that episode, feel free to subscribe by pressing that small little follow button. And if you feel so inclined to support, well, that's even better. And as always, live long and prosper.